our grandmother. But we certainly had to share Madeline Lengel, and having the joys of love to ourselves became a delicious secret. When Charlotte and I uncovered that old copy of The Joys of Love two years ago, we looked at each other and smiled, remembering how much we had loved reading it over and over again and how much it had shaped us. I know it inspired me to read Chekhov and become an acting junkie, practicing the same monologue from The Seagull that Elizabeth does, and using it when I auditioned for a theater camp when I was a teenager. Now, 30 years later, our secret is out, and we couldn't be happier to share with everybody this sweet novel about coming of age at a summer theater. The first incarnation of The Joys of Love was written in 1942 as a short story called Summer at the Sea. In that first version, Elizabeth was as close to an autobiographical portrait as you could get. Madeline had spent two summers doing theater in Nantucket, and the setting for The Joys of Love is also at the ocean. Elizabeth was primarily a writer, as was Madeline. In this penultimate version, Elizabeth is an actress. Madeline describes herself as tall, gawky, and myopic in two-part invention, as is Elizabeth. Madeline's own father died when she was a teenager, and she describes Elizabeth repressing her grief, just as she had done. Madeline's mother had been nervous about Madeline pursuing a theatrical life, although to a lesser degree than Elizabeth's Aunt Harriet. Elizabeth, like Madeline, went to Smith College and is impossibly well-read, able to quote Shakespeare, Chekhov, and others at the drop of a hat. Madeline was also starstruck by an older, established actress, as Elizabeth is. In fact, Madeline's idol, Eva Legallion, was the prototype for Valborg Anderson. In 1941, Gran graduated from Smith College and left that world of cozy intellectualism for Greenwich Village in New York City. Imagine a hunger and passion for the writing life that drives you beyond all other things. My grandmother was tenacious, loyal, and fierce. Believing the theater could be her best training ground as a writer, she worked selling war bond certificates in the theaters so she could see all the plays of the day for free. She took acting classes and wrote several plays that she would workshop with friends. Perhaps this is why she has a keen knack for dialogue and forcing the dictum for good writing. Show, don't tell. She wrote an early play with Eva Legallion in mind for the title role, then spent a tremendous amount of energy trying to get the script to her. She even befriended the stage manager of the theater Miss Legallion was working in. Her persistence got her noticed, even though the script was never used. The script ended up becoming Ilsa. She was given a chance to audition as an apprentice for Miss Legallion's company. She wrote her own monologue, culled from the letters of Catherine Mansfield, and standing out from the other young hopefuls, was given the job. How she thrilled to be earning her own living in the theater, being paid the equity minimum of $65 a week, all the while understudying various roles and playing some small parts herself. And she constantly wrote, I don't know of anybody else who supported their writing career by working in the theater. Eventually, she met my grandfather, the actor Hugh Franklin, in that company's production of The Cherry Orchard, in which she was an understudy. My grandmother turned to writing full-time after she married him in 1946. Life in the theater can be unpredictable, and my grandparents felt they needed more stability to raise a family. They had bought a summer house in Connecticut the year after they married. In 1950, they decided to live there year-round. They settled into Crosswicks, and my grandfather ran a country store. It was during those years that Gran had the hardest time getting her work published. She picked up Summer at the Sea again that first summer, and it became The Joys of Love. 
She had also been hard at work on Camilla, which her agent loved and sent out again and again, only to have it rejected. It was hard for Grant to feel this near-constant sting of rejection. While Camilla was classifiable at the time as a young adult novel, her agent felt that The Joys of Love was not. The agent suggested that my grandmother rewrite it with some more adult themes to be sold as a serial to a magazine. But Gran wasn't happy with the idea. She felt that The Joys of Love was much fresher as a young adult novel. Thus, Gran put The Joys of Love away and moved on to writing new novels, plays, and poems. Camilla was eventually published and compared to J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye. I know my grandmother would be thrilled that after all these years, The Joys of Love will finally find its audience. It is also no coincidence that Gran picked up writing The Joys of Love the same year she and my grandfather moved away from New York. I see it now as her love letter to the theatrical world. Express